Hello and welcome to another episode of the Noise Podcast sponsored by Stereo Brown Records. Today we interview with Scott from Bleed From Within as I discuss their new album Shrine and a whole host of other things including their upcoming tour and other stuff in the metal universe is a good one. Make sure you follow us at Noise Podcast on Twitter, follow Noise UK on Twitter as well as on Facebook. Check our podcast out on anywhere you get podcasts including Spotify, Apple Music, Anchor, all the rest of it. And make sure you check us out on every available social media network as well, as well as giving us a follow in all those relevant areas. Thank you so much. Enjoy the episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Noise Podcast. We've got an interview today with the vocalist, Scott Kennedy of Bleed From Within. First of all, Scott, I just want to say thank you. It's a pleasure having you on. Thank you for giving your time. Um, how oh, was 2022? Thank you. thank you for having me, man. Thank you. For no, it's, me. it's a pleasure. It is absolutely wonderful to have to have you on here and having a chat with us and all that sort of thing. So first things first, how's twenty twenty two been for um for Bleed from Within and yourself? Um, do, do you know what the start of the year has been very quiet? Like obviously we're, we've been preparing to release this new album and stuff. We had a headline tour at the end of last year, and then we've been really quiet this year, just like getting everything in place because. We want to make sure with this album release because we're so proud of this album. We want to make sure that everything is like on point with the release schedules and all that stuff. So, but yeah, as I said, I said to you before we joined, we we, we fly out to Prague. Well, it's like tomorrow night, um, Friday Friday morning. We fly to Prague. We're playing a festival there on Saturday, so this will be the first show of the year. Wow, first show of the yeah. year in May. That that's that's crazy. So you guys must be chomping at the bit to get out there right I imagine you've been locked in studios and working on sort of like just finishing the songs and and sort of all the production stuff I imagine you are desperate yeah. to get out there I am I'm I'm also quite stressed because we're playing all the new songs that we've released so far from this album including the one that comes out tomorrow and three of them we've never played as a band yet wow we'll be, so we'll be rehearsing them tomorrow night and then we fly out like straight after rehearsals so <laughs> squeaky, that is, that is, that is ambitious <laughs> man that is ambitious yeah. are there any in those in those sort of circumstances are there any particular moments where you're like oh man we need to these are the bit that i'm kind of worried about is it always is it like the fast parts the blast beats is it the timing is it the vocals is it lyrics what presents the biggest challenge in these sort of last minute preparations see to be honest we've been playing we've been playing together now for that long like we've been a band for what coming up in 16 years i think so and we've the, the one thing that we've always prided ourselves on is like being able to play our songs live and that's the one thing we always really keep in mind when we're writing new songs for a new album like we need to make sure that we can pull this off live so I'm pretty confident that everything we've put in this new album will it'll be a breeze I mean it might not be a breeze but we'll pull <laughs> it off <laughs> but well, even, even, the one, even, the one even that comes that. out tomorrow the one comes out tomorrow uh, Flesh and Stone that's like probably one of the fastest ones in the album so that'll probably be the biggest challenge but i think we'll be all right oh man i hope the i hope the, I hope the gig goes, goes goes terrifically as well playing in prague as well like a european festival that's a chance to be like a the first real show of the year that's a chance to be sort of like a defining show for the next sort of period yeah. isn't it sort of set the tone a little bit um when yeah. it comes to the album I'm coming like- out um on the 3rd of june you've got the album shrine coming out um, how would you, you talked about the meticulous nature that you're sort of approaching um, the putting the record together. So how would you define this project in comparison to some of the others then? Why is this particular one that you're spending almost extra time and extra preparation for? What makes this one different? 
Do you know what we had? We actually had the time with this one because, like, every album you've ever written, we've pretty much written the album while being on tour, and like we've always been like proper up against it, time wise, to finish yeah. the album because we're like, like you know, we're in the studio next month, we've got a tour next week, and then blah blah blah, just all these tours and deadlines and everything just adds up. But this one we wrote and recorded pretty much over lockdown, so we we actually had a lot of time, and the one thing that we really wanted to make sure and really make a point of was just writing a completely like diverse album from start to finish that we wanted to have songs on there that is like complete new territory for us like for example again I go back to the song that we're releasing tomorrow Flesh and Stone almost has like a sort of symphonic black metal feel to it and we've never done anything like that before and yeah I just I can't wait for people to hear it because we really have covered a lot of new ground on this album and I genuinely, I know every every band member probably says this in every interview, but I genuinely <laughs> think we've written our best album by a country mile. Is so, it just the dive? Is it just the diversity that sets it apart, or is there something else? No, it's, that it's, you see now? it's the songs as well. Like, see, when we're writing an album, we try like the last thing we ever want to do is think about what other bands are doing because then you end up just yeah. copying and ripping off other bands. I'm not saying any other band does that, but we certainly don't. Like the one thing that we always try and set as like a sort of um what's the worst word I'm looking for like a not a benchmark I guess you could say a benchmark like we always like we set a standard mm-hmm. when we write an album and then when we when we go to the next album the goal was to just write a better album than the last one so we take out uh, me personally I listen to I don't really often listen to my own band if I'm completely honest with you but when it comes time to write a new album I'll like listen to the last album and go, sort of take notes like okay that the vocals I'm doing there that's the stronger part like the hooks and the the, the sing-along choruses like the, the the vocals and gaps leading into a breakdown like I'll pick out all these parts that make the album good in my opinion like from a vocal perspective and then I just try and make sure I up that on the next album and that's just always my like sort of method going into a new album. You talk about upping the vocals. What does that actually mean, sort of, at the brass tack situation? Like, because you can, we can just say ambiguously you want to do better, but what does that actually mean for you as a vocalist? Is it lyrics? Is it particular growls? <laughs> Is it like versatility between going from sort of cleaner transitions to heavier ones? What does that actually mean? So, basically, when uh, like take up the chorus, for example, right? So, say, mm. look at the song End of All We Know, right? To like from from our last album fracture that was mm-hmm. at that point was probably one of the catchiest most sing-along choruses i don't want to say um commercial sounding but in a way you probably could say that but yeah i, I, I hate we'd that say pop sensibilities it. in the in the pr world perhaps yeah but i i despise that because the one like, whenever, <laughs> I'm writing, whenever i'm writing an album whenever i'm writing a song like or writing lyrics or putting vocals to a song if something sounds too much like that, I always try and yeah, like just put myself swerve away a little because, bit. Yeah, because I never want I never want to swerve away for the fact that we're a, a fucking metal band and we're always yeah. going to be a metal band. And I don't want, you know, like that's fine. I listen to pop music, I listen to like classic rock music, but we're a metal band and that's who we're always going yeah. to be. So I always try and keep that in mind when I'm writing these choruses. But uh, to go back to obviously I got off topic there. Um, no, no, I just easy. always try and make sure that. I'm writing bigger hooks like when it comes to the chorus like so end of all we know that was probably the biggest like chorus I'd written up to that point then on the new album 
like take levitate for example i think that chorus is 10 times catchier than the end of all we know chorus so just like looking at it from that perspective like i always just try and make sure the hook's bigger and then if i've got like you know like a hook and like a gap in the song before a breakdown kicks in you know like your standard like ah, i can't even think of an example like on fracture we had uh, a song called Into Nothing and before the breakdown at the end they've got like, this big vocal hook in the gap mm-hmm. and all the crowd were singing that live on our headline so in this one I'm like if there's any gaps before breakdowns I need to try and make sure that whatever I'm singing there sounds cooler is like more pleasing on the ears you, you know you know what I'm trying to say no I, I absolutely, absolutely do no I absolutely do there are certain moments in the song that are like the defining moments of a song and exactly. there are they're just they're just points that you need to sort of grab on. I always think about um, I was listening to Nihilist by Architects yesterday, and that that line yeah, where he talks about God, God clutching a razor blade has to be there. Yeah. And I look at the fucking mess they made and all that type of stuff. It's 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 mantra esque. And if it was something that was yeah. less impactful that you couldn't stick on a poster and on the front of an album, that song doesn't have the same gravity. And you're exactly. absolutely right. You've got to pick the best lines, the shortest, most impactful stuff. It's almost like yeah. sloganism, almost. So you, you, you've got to sort of get it the really message is. right in the right in the right time. You're yeah. absolutely right. And that's that's that that's where like a lot of people probably don't realize how important lyrics are because, mm-hmm. like that line you just said from Architects, that is such a great lyric, and it's just so important to have like your best lyrics, pick the right moments for your best lyrics in the song. It's fucking hard writing, writing songs, to be quite honest with you, man. It's a challenge, and it's a total like mind maze at times but when you pull it off it's the most satisfying feeling in the world yeah absolutely it's it's the semantics of it as well isn't it so you, you sort of yeah. i was just reading some of the, the sort of information you got through the sort of the album that came through and the, the pr information and stuff like that and there's an interesting quote i wanted to ask you about um ali mentioned or if i forgot for spell if i pronounced his name right forgive me um mentioned the big thing was the production value going into this album um yep. it does sound cleaner it does. Um, so for, for fans that are expecting expecting the album to come out, what does that actually mean? How how did you achieve that different production sound? And what was the conversations that led into those sort of decision making? Well, like when you would set a, a barrier with Fracture and we started discussing like what, what kind of things we could do other than writing better songs that could take this album a step higher than Fracture. And one of the big things was having like choirs and uh, orchestration and stuff on the album. So we hired, I believe, I hope to God I'm not getting this wrong, but I believe <laughs> it was the, par- the, the, the Parallax Orchestra. Right, okay. And they, they, they put loads of like strings and like real live strings and stuff on the album. And that, I think that's the one thing that properly brought this album to life. Other than the fact that I do think we did write better songs, but there's just a lot of stuff going on. There's like female choirs behind some of my vocals on the album and all that that just sounds oh just uh, it sounds epic it just sounds so good and yeah just just bringing up bringing all that stuff underneath our music on this album is just taking it to a pure different level for us it's got to be a magical experience to see those kind of musicians a lot of the, the, the extra stuff coming into the studio and seeing that i remember every i've seen a couple of classical concerts like ones where they put music to films then i saw like a classical pianist and stuff and you just i end up just marveling at the musicianship i stopped watching the film because these guys are like I love I love metal as much as as much as the next guy more so than the average man. Let's be honest. But some yeah. of these classical musicians are just mind blowing, aren't they? Seeing, they're, seeing oh, them man. do their work, they're untouchable. They're, they're truly untouchable. Like I remember, I think my first experience with hearing like 
instruments like that in a metal band was Metallica's SNM album. Yeah. Oh my um, god! Don't even, you don't, don't even just, get started on that. It's just unbelievable. Exactly. And the way it brought their songs to life, and then you've got bands like Demi Borger that do it a lot. Like they've got a live DVD where they've got like a live orchestra and stuff with them, and just hearing what it does to the songs, especially metal songs, it just makes it just sounds so good. So that was just the one thing we, we knew we, we wanted to do that with this album. It's just a delicacy to it, isn't it? Like, I, I I agree with you. I just, I love it. When it's when it's done right and got that balance and it's yeah. just that combination of the riffs and the musicianship in the background. I <laughs> love it. And you've seen a bit more of that in modern metal recently. It's it's it's, yeah, it's really, yeah. really, really good to see. Really, really good to the see. One thing, so, the one thing that's, on. that's challenging though is like, you get, I know we did, you get really excited by it and, want to overuse it you need to know like when to use it and when to pull it back because you can get carried away because it almost sounds good over everything but you can't have it over everything or you're just totally ripping it so that was the one thing that we learned is just knowing when to use it and when to pull it back yeah it's got to it's got to extenuate not sort of dominate doesn't it that that's definitely the way that that it's got to be um so so you you obviously mentioned this earlier so your fracture was 10 songs you wrote while touring so obviously you wrote this. Um, you certainly wrote this album. The, the pandemic had a bit more time. Was the writing process different then? So before, when you're sort of sitting on tour buses and traveling mm-hmm. places, I imagine that is, is pardon the pun, but of incredibly fractured way of writing songs, where you just got everything piecemeal coming together. Did you have more time to actually sit down as a group and sort of work things out and in a more collaborative sense? Well, not really, because this was the only album where we've not been in a room writing the album, like. I mean, that's not 100% true. Like, we, we normally, the, the songs always start from uh, Gunzi, our guitar player, or Craig. Um, the songs mostly always start from like him and Stephen. They'll like record sort of like a rough framework of a song in their bedroom, put like program drums, blah, blah, send them. And then we would normally always like go into a studio, the full band together and jam what he's written. And you kind of know what works and what doesn't when you play it together in a room. But obviously, during the pandemic, we couldn't do that with this album. So there was a lot of Zoom calls. Um, like, we kind of did coming towards like the end of the pandemic and like during like, you know, when the restrictions eased a bit, we did yeah. kind of get to jam them a wee bit, but nothing compared to what we've done before. But we had a lot more time to just sit with this and like, like, you know, like, the one thing I've always like swore by is like going back to a song with like new ears and a new perspective. Like, because sometimes you like just have to write a song, you record it, you put it out, and you don't really get. It. And sometimes yeah. that works. Sometimes that's a good thing because you don't want to dwell on a song too much. But with this, I feel like we just had the right amount of time to like go back to it and like you know like just go through everything with a fine comb yeah. and just know what works, know what doesn't. And yeah, I think I think we've managed to pull it off considering. This, the circumstances in which we recorded and wrote the album under. Yeah, absolutely. I, I I can't even imagine working on a project this size in the sort of circumstances that you've been sort of put into, especially like going across like Zoom and sort of putting things across and sort of saying, I've got a bit here, I've got this riff here and have it. But at least you've had that sort of time to sit back and really reflect and really evaluate where you're at. Um, yeah, I was having yeah. a look, I was having a look through the stuff on um, on the album. So this is, you've had this lineup since 2018's era. Um, how was that? chemistry grown i imagine like in the first couple of albums it's still a new collection of people sort of figuring things out I imagine now you're fairly comfortable <coughs> four years down the line after that after that set lineup now has that chemistry yeah. especially over the pandemic actually 
help the writing process, help the songs, help the music, help you guys out as a band? Um, well, yeah, I guess, but like, so the only really member that changed was the a guitar player. So before, obviously, when we did the Uprising album, we had Martin. He he was a guitar player at the time. He obviously like just didn't. He couldn't really like make the time for the band anymore. His work was taking up a lot of his time. He's he's a he's a, a guitar tech now, so he's like constantly out with bands like Architects, Devon Townsend, and he was just it was just clashing a lot with our tours. So he just couldn't commit to anymore. And then we got um well to be fair for a few years, uh all the writing for the album Era fell on Gunzi, and it was getting to a point now where. Because we were originally thinking, could we continue as a four piece? And then Gunzi was like, "This is a lot of pressure. I need someone to sort of bounce off of." Like I've always been used to that, and I would, I would like to continue writing with someone there, just to get to, you know, like to get some inspiration from. Mm. We we tried out a few people, and Stephen was just honest, honestly, like from the moment like we, we said to the people we we're trying out, like, "Can you come in for a jam, play play through some of our songs with us in the practice space?" And then write a song because that was the most important thing was getting someone to help Gunzi write. So like, write a song that you think is a Bleach Within song. And some of them were great, but Stephen came in with a song called Ruina that eventually that actually just became on the like that song. Just the way he wrote it in the demo was exactly the way it went onto the Almira. Wow. It, it was just amazing, and like the chemistry we had with him instantly just felt like perfect because he plays in another band from Glasgow called From Sorrow to Serenity. So. We'd done a lot of shows with them, so we knew Stephen. And so just literally from the moment he joined the band, it's just it's just been like we've known him our whole life. And uh, yeah, as obviously the, the years have passed, he's became like obviously a more comfortable and confident member in within the band. And yeah, it's just it's only just it's only got better. And this new album is the album that he's written the most material for as well. So yeah. Oh wow! So it, so it sounds like. Question, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, yeah, it does sound like this is the album. Actually, you feel the best about that. Also, has involved the most writing contributions from as much of the band as possible. As that definitely yeah. seems to have contributed to the diverse sound of the album as well. I assume. Yeah, one hundred percent. So there are there well, are songs. A song there. There's a song in the new album that Ali wrote some of the riffs for, and he's we've never done that before. The riffs have always came from Gunzi. Or Stephen or other guitar players, but Ali actually wrote like Ali's not really a good guitar player, but he was kind of like humming the riff out. Like, hmm. yeah, I can't, I can't even remember what the riff goes like now, but he was like sort of humming it in a voice note, and then Gunzi sort of worked out on guitar. But the actual riff was essentially written by Ali, and that's we've never done that before. So that's fantastic, though. That is that's got to be yeah. that, that's got to be brilliant for the band now to because I like it's nice to have every member sort of contributing and having their own say. Like I. I used to be a drummer in bands. You just sit around, like Ringo Starr in that Beatles documentary, just waiting for John Lennon to sort everything out. And it's yeah. um, it, it's that kind of situation where you you, you kind of you love being involved and having that opportunity to sort of collaborate. That's got to be such such like a like, like a massive thing. Um, it's got to really help. So there are there songs where you listen to, and obviously you know, but where it's easy to identify. Oh, that's come from this member, and that's a riff that yeah. only so and so could write, and that's a you know what I mean. Is it is they easily identifiable that type of thing? Yeah, for, for me it is now, yeah. Like, the song we're releasing tomorrow, I keep going back to this song, Flesh mm. and Stone. Stephen wrote that song, and there's another song on the album called Death Defined. It's got a weird, like, really techy sort of almost Meshuggah-esque style riff. And it's, again, Stephen wrote that, because Stephen's other band are like a sort of tech metal band. 
So wow. you can always hear that, that sort of weird time signatures, like really dark synths and melodies going through his songs. And then Gunzi just has his like straight up signature sound, like just sounds like a Bleed From Within song. And I feel like Gunzi's just always had that. So yeah, I can totally, I can totally tell the difference. That's terrific. People That's might terrific. not be able to, but no, no, I think I think actually, if you've got if you've got Bleed From Within like hardcore fans that have followed you since, I think they can actually start to see the pattern where sort of bands start yeah. diversifying their sound and things like that and I think that's a really rewarding experience as a fan as well I wanted to talk to you a little bit about that actually or the way that you see sort of the albums and the journey of the band um because Shrine I think it was you that maybe might, might have made the quote but I can't remember quite remember from the, the PR notes but it says you mentioned that Shrine was a trilogy with Fractures and Error where like, Shrine sort of brings these three together does that mean that you consider this like a closing <laughs> chapter? Are you sort of bringing these themes, bringing these musical ideas to a close? And does that imply that the next album is going to be almost like a complete removal, a new kind of chapter, that type of thing? So where do you sit with that? In terms of a journey, yes. But because like, so we've, we've not really kept it any secret. Like before we released Era, we had quite a tough time as a band. We pretty much, we pretty much had broken up, to be quite honest with you. The band was pretty yeah. much done. Yeah, and we just went through a lot of like, I can't, obviously can't really go into it too much, but a lot of like, no, of course, legal issues that we had and with previous like record labels, etc. Not so much. Uh, anyway, it, it, it was a difficult time for the band, and um, we had written like maybe six or seven rough demos for Era. And we thought they were amazing. We were like, these are the great songs we've written. Why don't we just release it and see what happens? We released it. It done so well. Like we, we, we put a, just a small run of headline shows. They, they all sold out. So we'd never done that before. We'd never like wow. sold out a full headline tour. It was actually rare when we sold out a show before that. So we released Era, put on a small run of headline shows. They all sold out. It was great. But the actual content within the album was very negative because of the place we were before like that album sort of came out sort of naturally that's going to like influence your writing fracture again was quite a negative album in terms of where we were like as a band and headspace and blah blah this album is the bit like when we're writing this album we are literally in the best like place we could possibly be as a band it's such a this album is such a positive album and that's where the name Shrine comes from. It's like, it's just like a moment in time where we realise like this is finally going well. So 10 years from now, we'll look back on this album and see this as like the defining point where things were starting to finally go good for the band. And yeah, so and in terms of journey, so after this, it's just like, who knows where it's going to go, but it's like the first positive album we've written over the last three albums, essentially. It's phenomenal that you've actually managed to carve out some incredibly positive experiences from negative moments with the band. That you talk about error being like a, a negative experience, but then it literally turned the corner for your whole group. And I imagine sort of pulled yeah. you back together with these headline shows and that type of stuff. It's astonishing that you've managed to have this kind of cathartic response when usually people just like, we're going to get these out, just fuck it off, and then we'll just yeah. we'll just maybe have a conversation six to eight months when I get my head right, and and bands just slip yeah. away that way, don't they? They just lose contact. Exactly. It's fantastic. You actually, might have that opposite, and it wasn't even just like from our perspective as well. It was like see after fracture came out, like that was up to this point. But I guess we'll see what happens with Shrine. But that album did so well, man. Considering it came out over lockdown, like 
we've never like basically before we released era or when we released era i think we were getting like maybe eight thousand monthly listeners on spotify since fractures came out it's like half a million monthly listeners every month and that's <laughs> never really dropped since fracture came out so that's a huge jump that Massive. album came out and it started it was just doing so well for us that album but every time we were doing press every time we were doing like and like just pre- interviews press it was just people were just constantly talking about the five-year gap between uprising and era and it's like since we released that album we've arguably been one of the like most like consistently busy bands in the uk metal scene like constantly churning out content try, try to play as many shows as we possibly can but everyone is still focusing on the five-year gap that we had between uprising and era so that's when now it comes to shrine we're like that is the end of that chapter. Like, just yeah. be done with it. We're in a great place now. We're ready for whatever's going to come to us. And then, yeah, we've learned a lot from that experience as well. Like, it would take an awful lot for us to get back into that position again. I don't think we ever could. So I think that's the whole meaning of Shrine kind of wrapped up in one, like, we blurb, essentially. No, that's... That, that's... That's really brilliant. Thank you for such a detailed answer as well. Sort of going to the meaning of the record and stuff. You kind of, I love it when we have interviews and I have to ask like four yeah. questions and you just answer the 17 unanswered questions that I didn't even have to get to. That's yeah. just absolutely I wonderful. Mean, don't get me wrong. The album sounds pissed off. It sounds aggressive because it's a metal album. <laughs> yeah, no one's expecting like, a reggae album. Don't worry. <laughs> don't worry about it, man. The album, the album does sound pretty pissed off and aggressive, but there's a there, there is like a really positive message running through the album, which we've never really done before. So. What's a reflection of where you are right now? And I think that's that's wonderful news. So yeah. I'm gonna let, I'm gonna get you out on this. So obviously you're talking about turning the corner, positive mindset, moving forward. First big gig starts Monday, Prague, uh, flying away, all that type of stuff. Where where does the rest of 22 sit for bleed from within and moving beyond that? so right now the big, the big focus is just getting the album out but like that's like obviously a lot of emotions are, are uh, around that like excite, I'm excited so excited for people to hear the album I'm also really nervous because I just want people to like it because I think it's our best work then all throughout the summer we're doing like all the kind of major festivals in Europe we're doing download festival then we've got some plans for after that but nothing's announced yet and then at the end of the year we are doing a full European, like mainland, mainland Europe headline tour, which was supposed to be the Fracture tour, but because of obviously the pandemic and stuff, it kept getting pushed back. The Fracture tour is now happening after Shrine is coming out, so it's now the Shrine tour. But we'll still be obviously putting a lot of focus on Fracture songs on that tour. Wow, that's phenomenal. You must be, you must be buzzing. You must be buzzing the rest of the year. Be yeah, fantastic. I'm, 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 there's a lot of exciting stuff in the in the pipeline as well that's not announced yet. So. It's oh, looking nice, to be a good year. Nice little tease to finish. Well, I wanted to I wanted to just yeah. say thank you for your time. Thank you for talking to us. Um, it's been, pleasure, it's been a real pleasure discussing the album, man. And, and next time, if you're around for any media availability, we'd love to have you on again and discuss how the tours went to. and moving forward with the album and things like that. But thank you so much, Scott. Scott Kennedy, Bleed From Within. Thank you so much, my man. Thank you so much, mate. It's been a pleasure, man.